Hello, this is Bill Summers. Hi, this is Mike Clark. Hi, this is Ingrid Lucia. Yeah, you're right. This is Dr. John. I'm Mulgrew Miller. This is Idris Mohammed. This is Bobby Bush. Hi, this is Harry Shearer. You're joining me and so many other discerning listeners. You are listening to the WWOZ Interview Podcast. And once again, you're in tune to WWOZ 90.7 FM here in the Crescent City. And once again, my name is Keith, and this is the traditional jazz show here on a Friday morning, a very beautiful Friday morning, bright, sunshiny day, nice, cool weather, and also a Bayou Boogaloo Festival weekend. Good chance to get out and hang out on the Bayou, listen to some great music, eat some good food, and just... Enjoy yourself down on the bayou. And we're just having an overabundance of festivals and stuff here in the city. And uh, I'd like to welcome to the studio now a very special guest who stopped by to share some important information with us. Please welcome to the studio Mr. Jose Torres Tama. My pleasure. Always good to be here in WWZ, Mr. Keith. Thank you. And thank you for coming in. Uh, you uh have been here before, and uh, for folks that don't know you, you're a local, a local artist who uh, has residency here in New Orleans, and uh, you're pretty well known around the art circuit. I've been in New Orleans since 1984, uh, and, and now uh, it's been actually 30 years. 30 years, wow. 30 years. I came here as a young man of 22. And just couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. It's a good thing I didn't get here when I was in school because I would have never, never finished uh, school. Never finished school. <laughs> so tell us, uh, well, you, you've been here 30 years, so tell us a little bit about your work. You're a, a visual artist. I'm a visual artist. I'm a performance artist and a writer. And because of that long 30-year history for me, I got very much infected by the historical bug of New Orleans. We always hear that his, New Orleans has a great historical legacy, and sometimes it becomes cliché. I had lived uh, for many years, and I still live right on the margins of the Maroney, but I lived for many years in the Maroney Triangle, literally half a block away from the French Quarter. Uh, Caddy Corner, you know, I was at the corner of Esplanade and Dauphine, Caddy Corner, to, not far from the Treme. Yes. Right. So I got very much interested in this historical legacy of New Orleans and its French and Spanish colonial legacy. Yes. And when I came here in uh, 1984 and being in Jackson Square and seeing this placard, the historical mosaic placard to say when New Orleans was the province of the Spanish colonial uh, uh, powers that were here in New Orleans for 40 years, Yes. this plaza, this square was called Plaza de Armas. So it would have the Spanish names, as you know, it still has. Calle Real, Calle Real for Royal Street, right? Oh, okay. All the Spanish names are there yes. because those names uh, were translated in Spanish. So I got really intrigued. I, was, I had never been in the United States where uh, a place had such a, um, a pronounced Spanish colonial Legacy oh. and French. Uh, I mean, we call it the French Quarter, but it's really the Spanish Quarter, Spanish. as you know. <laughs> yes. I mean, we all know that for <laughs> most of us that know yes. uh, the the original French wooden colonial settlements, they were burned down after three after two fires that were about six seven years apart in the late 1700s, and the Spanish rebuilt with brick, mortar, and uh, as you may also know, 
that um, it was rebuilt by slaves, Spanish, and Creoles of color, free people of color, and many of them who were the artisans who did the ironwork, who did the woodwork. And I just got intrigued by this hybrid caste, free people of color. I, uh, you know, when you study uh, the the history of the of slavery in the South, you never hear about this, right? Yes. You never hear that New Orleans had basically a Creole, free people of color intelligentsia. Our mayors, uh, Morial, our first African American mayor, comes from that that caste. Yes. Uh, his son as well, Bartholomew, right? Yes. They come from this caste. A.P. Turo, you know, some many important um, leaders, civil leaders, and historical leaders. So I began doing research, and a couple of books really influenced me. And in addition to the fact that. Um, before I mention the books, I was living catty corner to the house of Charles Laveau, wow. the father of Marie Laveau, Laveau right yeah. there at the corner of Dauphine. When Dauphine, when you go into the Marigny in the Triangle and Dauphine turns right at Kellerick, there it is. There's this house that's been <laughs> renovated. When I got there, it was burnt down. Uh, you know, it had been like a laundry, uh, a laundry place that was yes. no longer serviceable. Yes. But there was a placard about Charles Laveau, so I got very intrigued. And of course, the most famous of of this hybrid cast is Marie Laveau, the yeah. iconic voodoo priestess, who was yeah. more than just a voodoo priestess, right? So I started getting intrigued, and one of the books that I came across was Brenda Marie Osby's, uh, you know, for um, uh, Brenda, I consider her the high priestess of poetry, right? She's amazing <laughs> here, and her book, All Saints, had a really big influence on me, and there she talks about Terme, uh, the history of the Faubourg Terme, and also the free people of color. Right, because she's got these sort of docu poems, these historical poems, and she goes on meditations about some of the things that that went on. Yes. In addition, I came across uh, Marie Gaiman's book, New Orleans Free People of Color. It's a petite little book, but really interesting. And then I came across Creole. Uh, by Sybil Kind. So I started doing all this research uh, because I was very intrigued. Like, who are these people and how is it that we had a free people, a hybrid caste in between uh, the colonial slave masters who were French and Spanish and the slaves. Like a subculture. Yeah, so it was like a a, a culture in between who um, had some freedoms because they were born into they, they were born into freedom because of these placages, these arrangements that they made because the French and the Spanish, they loved their mulatto women, right? They, uh, these yeah. fetishes because there were also no women that were com- being brought to the colony. Who wanted to come to, to a colony of swamp mosquitoes, right, yes. that was not uh, developed? And uh, for everything we may have to say about the, the Spanish who were brutal colonial, you know, colonialists, yes. they um, restructured the quarter and set up the grid and, and did a lot and uh, folks often say that they left uh, they came into a swamp and left uh, you know a jewel uh, because of what they yes. did with rebuilding the city so you, you know I just got intrigued of myself coming of Latin heritage and, and I'm a mestizo in Latin America and I'm mixed you know I have Spanish uh, colonial you know blood through me yes. uh, because of what went on with the you know the Spanish were brutal colonizers right yes. and I also have native Andean Ecuadorian indigenous blood in me wow. and Tama is also a German name it's a Bavarian wow. name so you know like many people of the new world we yes. are mixed people mixed, yes. right we are mixed people so I just got intrigued and and there I am living in the Faubourg Marigny and I discover that the Treme and the Marigny were founded by free people of color wow. right I mean we don't have you know I, I get excited about this history obviously because <laughs> We just do not recognize that enough in this city. And this is what this project is about. It's about looking at this hybrid cast and it's when done. You, when you say the project, that's, that's your research. That's this, this exhibit, yeah. And that's the. 
Yes, this is it's called New Orleans Free People of Color and Their Legacy. It's being remounted. It's a visual history project, an exhibition of pastel portraits that I've done, contemporary portraits of 18th and 19th century Creoles. And we are exhibiting it at this fabulous new house museum called Le Musée du FPC. It's one of the McKenna museums, and this is founded by Beverly McKenna, the publisher of the Tribune. Yes, And we've been talking about this project for a while because this is an Ogden Museum traveling exhibit. And we have been able to remount this show with the support of the Joe Mitchell Foundation in New York. And the Joe Mitchell Foundation, you have to give out kudos to them because they have supported yeah, so great much. Projects. Great projects here in New Orleans. Projects, and especially yeah. beginning you know, with the dedication post-Katrina in 08, 09. They started really investing in addition to the fact that they've opened up the Joe Mitchell Center right, right there in that hub. And this is where Le Musée is. It's in that cultural hub. In, uh, it, maybe it's Upper Treme, you know, like past Claiborne uh, and in between the bayou, right, in between yes. um, Broad, right? So this yes. is a 2336 um, Esplanade, and it's on the same block where the Degas house is and the Joe Mitchell Center is not far yes. and also Bob Tannen's uh, house museum is there as well so yes. it's a cultural hub there and Beverly McKenna has opened up this regal museum with incredible artifacts dedicated to honoring and remembering the legacy of free people of color yes. and she's got some amazing documents including a document that is an actual paper document outlining the fact that this particular person named in that document is a free person of color, wow. right? I mean, that's pretty – it's pretty haunting, yes. right? Because free people of color, there was legislation post-Louisiana Purchase uh, a couple decades later after the purchase that all free people of color needed to carry papers with them yes. for them to be known as free people because they could have been, you know, basically uh, – mugged or jumped into slavery or brought yes. back into slavery. But we had an incredible Creole intelligentsia here who were looking to dismantle the slave South and the institutional injustices. And that's who we are concentrating on. And these pastel portraits, contemporary portraits that I've created on paper, um, have been inspired by uh, the garotypes, photographs, oil paintings. On the cover of the book that the Ogden Museum funded, uh, that, I'm sorry, on the cover of the book that the Ogden Museum published with the funds from the Joel Mitchell Foundation, they gave, the, they gave us the funds for the book as well, is my version of Marie Laveau, right? Yes. But there's also versions of Rodolphe de Dune, the great writer who wrote uh, the book Mon, uh, Mon, um, uh, no, Nos Hommes et Notre Histoire, yes. our, our people and our history. Uh, there's a, my version of Henrietta de Lille, and as we know, Henrietta de Lille is being considered for canonization. At the age of 17, she was had a calling from God, established the Sisters of the Holy Family. Yes. You know, and also other folks like Edmond Dede, the great uh, composer, uh, Dr. Louise Charles Rudinay, Basile Berez, numerous figures that I researched, including Rose Nicole. Now, you, now the, the book that was put out, how can... Uh how can, can, how can you get a, get a copy of this book? At the opening next week, you can buy the book at Le Musée. Yes. And you could always buy it at the Ogden Museum of Southern Art in their, in their store, in their bookstore and ceramic uh, little center that they have there. You can purchase the book. And the book, it, it, it has the, uh, 
illustrations of your uh, works. Yes, it's well got as, beautiful, colorful plates. It's as got well a as great, narratives. Yes, it's got a great essay by Keith Weldon Medley, and Keith is the Creole historian whom I worked with and collaborated on this project. And we engaged Keith in writing an essay. He also put together an incredible timeline of French and Spanish colonial history in the book. So you get a basically. Um, uh, I think a very readable synopsis of what went on with the French and Spanish colonial mixing, uh, you know, post-Louisiana Purchase all the way up to Reconstruction. Yes. Now, uh, once again, that, that opening is on the 23rd? Yes, it's on the 23rd, Memorial Day weekend, and it's a good time to remember these amazing folks, right? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that's what Memorial Day weekend is, yeah. not just remembering the military parades and things, but just basically having uh, having uh, the knowledge to recognize and remember, and these are folks to remember. And we open up Le Musée, and again, Le Musée du FPC, and FPC is the denomination, free people of color. That's, what, that's the way free people of color were classified, right? Yes. So we open at 2336 Esplanade Avenue, and that's Friday, May 23rd, uh, 6 p.m. in the evening till 9. And you'll be on hand? I'll be on hand. It's free and open to the public. We welcome you. Come out and see Le Musée du FPC, founded by Beverly McKenna, the publisher of the Tribune. It's an incredible exhibit. Again, it's an Ogden Museum traveling exhibit that's going to be uh, remounted and hosted at Le Musée with the support of the Joan Mitchell Foundation. And we run for a couple of months, so the exhibit will be running through July 11th. Wow. Now, uh, is there a website? Or yes, they can, go to Le Musée du, uh, they can go to lemusee.fpc.org. So it's lemusee. Uh, I think it's actually lemusee.org, uh, and they could find out about the project. They could also go to my website, torrestama.com, and that's T-O-R-R-E-S-T-A-M-A.com. And find out about the work and if they click on the Ogden Museum show. And again, this is a project that was developed over uh, a seven-year period. Yes. I began back in 2002, pre-storm. Yes. We mounted the exhibit at the Ogden in um, January of 2008. Yes. And then it's traveled a couple of times. It's been at Dillard University. Yes. It's been at the Alexandria Museum of Art in Alexandria, Louisiana. And we're now looking to use this show as a means to get, move it throughout the state as well and through other southern cities. Wow, that's great. Because it's unique. I mean, when, where do you know, where do you find out in this country's slave history that there were actually a free people? Yeah. During that time period in New Orleans, who yeah. were doing amazing work to try to, you know, challenge the institutional prejudices of yes. their times. You know. Wow, such great history! Yeah, I'm. You know, yeah. I, if I, mean, I sound excited about yeah, it, it's because I, I am. Very excited about it. You know, I spent seven years and researching most artists it. All about their work. Yeah, and, and I know you put a lot of time and patience into it, and to, to make sure that it's presented properly and. And it sounds like a great show, and I'm quite sure it will be. Yeah, and I'm just, uh, you know, grateful to have worked with someone like Keith Weldon Medley, who's got great yes. uh, historical knowledge, and he guided me through the process. It was his idea for me to create uh, a, a pastel portrait of Marie Couvent. I couldn't find any images of her, and her story is epic. She was brought here as a slave, as a seven-year-old slave from New Guinea, seven-year-old old slave in the late 1700s, right? Eventually marries Bernard Couvent, a free man of color. She becomes a free, you know, free woman of color. And she's left with all these properties. And again, people should know that the first women to own property in these United States were Creole women, free women of color. And it was three of them that Keith outlines and mentions them in the book. Mr. Medley mentions them in the, in the timeline yes. uh, of the French and colonial history of New Orleans, mentions them because they were the ones these three women were the ones who bought the first plots from Claude Tremay 
you yes, know, in the Treme. Yeah. So you know, people don't realize that it was free women of color who were the first women to own property, women of color to own property in these United States, much more, much earlier before uh, any white women were able to own property here. So um, it's an amazing history. And you have someone like Dr. Louise Charles Rudney, who was a doctor and actually the publisher of the New Orleans Tribune, the original paper in yes. Neon and, uh, you know, uh, Lola Serakila in his movie, uh, The Untold Story of Black New Orleans and Father yes, Tremay, yes, yes. he, as a newspaper man, refers to Dr. Louis Charles Rudnay. So I have my portrait version there. And of course, there's Rose Nicole and the Rose Nicole Cafe on Frenchman Street, founded by Kenneth and Melba Ferdinand. You know, and her story is epic. This is a slave woman as well who sold coffee right here, you know, right here on the river. Yeah. You know, literally where Cafe du Monde is, she, pro- she said wow. it's known to have set up the first coffee stand, sold incredible coffee, used the earnings to buy herself out of bondage, wow. out of slavery. I mean, it's amazing because yes. also slaves on Sundays um, could rent out their services as sort yes. of day laborers, and they could come out and they could also sell fruits, vegetables, whatever it is, and keep some of those earnings. Yes. So, y- you know, um, again, the French and the Spanish were brutal colonizers, right? But one of the things that, uh, in my research that I found out is that they believed that the slaves had souls. And as such, in New Orleans on Sundays, the slaves could practice their drumming in their religions. And that's why New Orleans has such a deep African, you know, African history and legacy. And also, after Toussaint Louverture and the Haitian Revolution, numerous thousands of free people of color, not maybe not thousands, but hundreds at least, migrated to New Orleans because it was the only place they could come, right? right. Where they could remain as free people of color. Wow. So this is an amazing history. And again, Le Musée du FPC, the New House Museum, established, and it's the only place in the country really to honor the legacy of free people of color wow. of New Orleans. Wow. <laughs> well, Jose, as usual, we don't have enough time and I know you always have a lot to say, <laughs> but you'll be on hand on on the 23rd to uh, answer questions and and present your work and. Absolutely, and again, this is a, a project of three organizations. You know, it's an Ogden Museum traveling exhibit at Le Musée du FPC, funded by the Joan Mitchell Foundation, and. You know, for me, it's my love song to New Orleans, basically. You know, my, my visual history love song to New Orleans, creating these, these contemporary portraits of phenomenal historical figures. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Once again, thank you for coming in, and thank you for sharing that information with us, and good luck on your project, and uh, quite sure we'll be seeing more of your work coming up. I'm grateful, as always, to WWOZ, and for those of you, again, this, it's called New Orleans Free People of Color and Their Legacy, uh, an exhibition of 18th and 19th century uh, historical figures, contemporary portraits, at Le Musée du FPC at 2336 Esplanade Avenue. All right. Thank you, Jose. Thank you. We open Friday, May 23rd. All right. And once again, you are in tune to WWOZ 90.7 FM here in New Orleans. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our WWOZ podcast, bringing the voices of New Orleans to the world.